0: hear something great and it may impact your life for the moment. But if you want it to last in your life, you need to take it in. You need to meditate on it because the enemy wants to come and snatch that truth from you immediately when the word is sown. Amen. Well, I tell you, it is such an honor to be here. Um, And uh, I've got some things I need to say. So I think we'll be fine from here on out. Yeah, I was going to go ahead and have her just, we go back into the song before I minister. But I just wanted to share this. I think it's pertinent this morning uh, in sitting here because uh, I think it's amazing how God works. And if you're not a person that looks over your life uh, of where you've been and and where God has brought you and connect all the dots of God working in your life, uh, you're gonna miss you're gonna miss those divine miracles, those divine appointments, those divine things that He's done in your life as you walk in Christ. Um, I have been diligently now serving the Lord and walking and hungering and thirsting after the things of God for 23 years in my life every day uh, as a child of God, every day, you know, being, crying, walking out this life of Christ. And when I'm standing here and I'm seeing uh, where we're at today and and seeing Pastor Mark and seeing Chase and and Pastor Caleb on the platform, immediately God brought me back to Chase and Caleb when they were eight and nine years old at Word of Life Fellowship. And um, the thing that I want to say is that you never know what God is doing in a person's life. When you're just serving the Lord and going to church and being faithful and, and hungering after His Word and letting His Word literally change your life and mold your life and shape your life because He's the beginning. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. And your life has already been planned out as uh, Chase ministered Wednesday night. The purpose for your life has already been laid out and all we are doing is walk Into that plan that he has for our life, and when I sit here and I see that us just serving the Lord and God calling Pastor Earl and I to go out to Oklahoma uh, for you know Bible college and then placing us in a ministry there. you know, to serve as youth pastors and and my children going to church and just being plugged into a church, raising them in the ways of the Lord, raising them in the Word of God, never thinking that today this is where they would be. And I remember being at Word of Life Fellowship and and Chase was baptized, that word of life. He was born again from an early age. And, uh, you know, at three years old, he would get up on the uh, couch and have a one of those microphones from um, Dollar Tree, because that's about what we could afford as toys back then. Uh, and he had that microphone. It wasn't a real microphone, but when you talked into it, it echoed. you know which ones I'm talking about? And he would get up there and he would act like he was preaching and he would lay hands on Brianna and Brianna would fall out, you know, why they were mimicking what they, they had seen. But then, you know, he gets born again and at eight years old, he gets baptized at word of life. And, and I remember him coming to me and saying, I'm called to pastor. I'm going to preach one day. And we never brought it back up because that's not something that we as parents can put on our children. They have to know it for themselves, a call of God. And, uh, you know, there was times in my life I thought, Lord, he's going to miss the mark. But praise God that what we're doing right now, investing in these children's lives, are going to keep them all the days of their life if you live it out every day before them. And make this the priority of your life, you will have healthy, successful, purposeful children going after the kingdom of God, doing and making impacts in people's lives. And so I remember God, I'm sitting there and he brings me back to Caleb and Chris, uh, Caleb and Chase working with their children's pastor, brother James and brother James investing in Caleb and Chase, Caleb and Chase at 8, 9 and 10 and 11 years old boys. And uh, getting they were getting ready to start a new children's ministry for a different age group and brother James saw gifts within them that they were leaders and that they and he went to them and he said, "Hey, I want you two guys to help me with this 5th grade program. I can't remember what it was, but I remember all of this transpiring and I'm sitting here. Do y'all remember this? And and it's going through my mind and I'm thinking, "Wow. I never ever could have imagined or put it together that today they would be in Valdosta, Georgia, serving the Lord together." We left, went to Florida, all the way from Oklahoma, never knowing that Caleb would end up coming to Florida and hooking up with us. Never even knew who Pastor Mark was and how he got brought into this picture, but you see how God works. And how He plans it out. All the days of your life are ordained. All the steps of your life are ordered of the Lord. And if you just seek Him every day as you're coming to church, if you just grow in His Word and allow Him to do these things as you seek Him first in His kingdom, you will never believe where you or your children could be. Never. And to see this take place today, wow, I am just amazed at how God works in people's lives. And it only transpired because there was a family. There were families that raised their children in church, made church a priority, lived it before them, sought after the kingdom of God and His righteousness and and raising them every day to make God a priority and make Him real in their life. And here we have, you see how God orchestrates and how God plans everything out and how God brings divine connections in your life that you never, ever could have put together yourself. Amen. And I'm sitting here and can go even further than that when I look back at Jimmy Matthews before we even ever even heard of Rama, before we ever even heard of Rama, before we ever even went to Rama, We were just two little people loving the Lord, serving the church in the assemblies of God, and God uh, had us go and, and, and volunteer as youth pastors. This was in 94 or 95, 95, and to see that Jimmy Matthews is here today in Anchor Faith Valdosta and his wife and his children and they're serving and they're going to be raising their children. Who knows? Who knows what God is going to do? With people's lives. Amen. And this is how he works. And we have to realize that when when you start serving the Lord and you start growing in the things of God and God starts speaking to you in your everyday walk with him, be obedient to do it because you don't know whose lives you're going to impact. One man's obedience. I mean, you don't know how that's going to impact your life for years to come. Amen. And so just I thought you would enjoy that little journey and to share that two little boys serving in children's church went to separate worlds across the United States, two separate places. And yet God has them for here for such a time as this together, doing ministry together that they used to do when they were eight, and nine and 10 years old. Amen. That's awesome. God is so good. There is no place I would rather be. Than right here in his presence and I'm so thankful uh to be here and to see what God is doing here at Anchor Faith Church Valdosta you know uh looking back because many of you weren't here when Pastor Earl and I and some of the ones from St. Augustine to keep this vision alive were driving back and forth every Sunday doing our church there and driving back every Sunday to keep the doors open and to keep the vision here. Some of you weren't here, some of you are that was but to see what God is doing and how God is being faithful to this vision. Amen. Being faithful and giving you such wonderful pastors. To uh, I mean, I'm going to tell you, Pastor Mark is an awesome teacher. I have heard a lot of ministers well-known ministers, and I'm just going to have to brag because I believe we have some of the best ministers. I mean, I've heard from Kenneth Copeland to, you know, whoever. I've set up underneath, I've heard, I've listened, and I'm going to tell you there's some words that are coming out of his mouth that are powerful. And, And the rich, solidness of the word. I don't want just anything. I want solid, rich words, and they're coming out of his gift. Amen. And his wife, Pastor Ashley. And I'm just thankful to be here. It's an honor to be able to minister the word. I mean, when he asked me to minister the word, I'm saying, are you sure Pastor Earl's going to be there? No, we want you to minister the word. So I am honored. Anytime I have the opportunity to share God's word, I am honored that God chose me to share his word with people because I know that his word Taken into your heart and lived and believed every day can literally transform a life. It will transform a life into something that you never dreamed that it could be. Amen. And so I just want to encourage you this morning. I am a teacher and I could teach for hours and hours, so I'm going to try to not do that today. And uh, but there was some things that the Lord shared with me that he wanted me to share with you guys. I'm sure you've heard it, but I believe we can always gain more from the word. Amen. The word continues to build upon uh, and upon the foundation. It it, it never gets old. If it gets old to you, you're the one with the problem. It's not God. Because his word should be alive in your life. And it should just build upon, build upon. Every time you read the word, there should be something new that the Lord shares with you that builds upon what you've already heard. And it just solidifies you like those oaks of righteousness. Those oaks of righteousness, their roots go deep. Why? Because you've just had the word that's just been building upon and building upon that when the trials and the tribulations come, you can stand like that oak tree in in those uh, hurricanes and in those tornadoes and they just stand. Amen? And I believe that that's the way the Lord wants us to live as as people in the earth serving his kingdom. He wants us to be able in these last days that when all things are happening all over the world, uh, we're going to be those oaks of righteousness that are standing and and they're going to want to come to us and they're going to want the answers and we ought to be able to give them answers for the day. Amen. And so, uh, let's go over to Romans chapter 14 and verses 17, and I'm going to pray. Father, I thank you for your word today. I thank you, Father, for the Holy Spirit that is the great teacher that's living on, on the inside of me, and I thank you right now, Holy Spirit, that you'll speak through me. You'll speak what you want to say, uh, and you'll continue to illuminate and bring revelation of the word of God into their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Today I want to talk about uh, Romans chapter 14 and verses 17. I'm sure you have heard this before. Your pastor has ministered on the kingdom many times. I've listened to some of his series and different things. But this is what we're going to say today. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but it is righteousness and peace and joy and In the Holy Ghost. The kingdom of God is not about eating and drinking, but it is about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Today I want to talk to you about kingdom distinctives. Three characteristics of the kingdom of God that should be seen Evident in your life as a kingdom citizen. When we read in Romans chapter 14 and verses 17, we see that he's saying, listen, the kingdom of, of God is not about eating and drinking. What is he saying? It is not about all these things on the outside. It's not about all these things uh, that could uh, possibly have to do with uh, materialism and... Uh, all these things that the world is chasing after. It's not about legalistic rules of do's and don'ts, but the kingdom of God, the characteristics, uh, the distinctiveness of the kingdom of God uh, is about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Amen? So, when we see people... Uh, And we see people that have things and we see all these things that maybe uh, these blessings that people have uh, that we think are from the Lord. Listen, that is not the representation of the kingdom of God that's operating in people's lives. Just because you have things, just because you have uh, what appears to be blessings from the Lord, uh, does not represent the kingdom of God in your life. He said the characteristics of the kingdom of God that's operating, uh, that should be the characteristic or the distinctive that we see about the kingdom of God should be righteousness operating in your life, peace operating in your life, and joy in the Holy Ghost operating in your life. Amen. The blessings, the things on the outside, these things that all the world is... Those are not things that characterize you as being a kingdom citizen. Now, prosperity, obviously, God wants us blessed. But just because I have a jet, just because I have a boat, just because I have a Harley, does not mean that I am representing the kingdom of God. The three things that should be operating in our life is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. We have been ministering in... uh, Anchor Faith St. Augustine, uh, the season that we're in is about going out into the city and being a light into the world uh, and, and the fact that when people see you, they should see the kingdom of God. And if they are to see the kingdom of God, the things that they should see in you is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Now, all these other things are going to be added because you're seeking first the kingdom of God. But just because you have all these things, I know lots of prosperity teachers that have no character in their life. I know lots of prosperity teachers that don't operate in the peace of God. When all chaos comes to them, they are acting as if they have no peace and no joy in the Holy Ghost. So... The most important thing that we can recognize as someone that is operating in the kingdom of God. You know, we had our full force conference this past April and a lot of you came down. We were so excited about all those that came from Valdosta to the conference. And one of the themes of the conference, or the main theme, was about demonstrating the kingdom of God into our world. And the number one way that we're going to demonstrate and be that light into the world is recognizing that people need to see righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost operating in our lives. Because when you're out... In your job, wherever you're at, you know, it, the farm, whatever you're doing, whatever God, you're in school, wherever you're at. The number one thing that I recognize after being in ministry now for these years, and I've not been forever in ministry, but the Lord, we have been in ministry operating in the pastoral role for over 20 years. So I have seen a lot of people and met a lot of people through those years. And still, the number one thing that I hear when I hear testimonies of people going and witnessing to their, their friends and their employees and their coworkers and stuff, the number one thing that I hear them say uh, are testimonies like this. This person was having a problem in their life and they saw that uh, when I went through the same problem, I wasn't acting like I was going crazy. Meaning they saw that peace was operating in their life. They didn't come and say, Wow, I saw that God ha- gave you all these things. This boat and, and you have this mansion and you have all these, thi- all these nice clothes. I've not heard too many people recognize the kingdom of God in operation just because people had all these things. No, what I recognize is that when people were hurting... When people had things going on in their life, most of the time they would come and say, would you pray for me? Because I see this in your life. They didn't ever say, because I see this mansion that you're living in. Or this boat that you have. Or this, you know, four-wheel drive pickup truck with, you know, all this stuff on it. No, they recognized that you were stable. They recognized that you lived right, that you talked right, that you acted right, that there was a standard about yourself when you were in the same place with them. Uh, They talked about, you know, these types of things, and it all came back to character. Because the number one thing that most people say out in the workplace is the reason why they don't want to be a Christian is because Christians are hypocritical. So they say one thing, but they live a different way. But yet on the other point, I know there's many people that live according to the Word of God and do what's right and have peace and have joy in their life, and people recognize that. Amen. They recognize that those characteristics or those distinctives about the kingdom of God. What do I mean by a distinctive? This word means it's the characteristic of a person or a thing and so serving to distinguish it from others. So the thing that's going to be the distinctive or that's going to distinguish you from others is having this righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost operating in your life. Everywhere you go, all right? Because we know that Luke 17 and verse 21, it says, Neither shall uh, they say, Lo, here or there, for behold, the kingdom of God is within you. So the kingdom of God and his characteristics or his distinctives always start within you. Always start within. The Amplified reads Luke um, Luke uh, seventeen twenty one. The kingdom of God is in your heart. So the characteristic or the distinctive that people are going to see about you that's going to separate you from the world is the fact that this is a work that has begun within your heart. And we know that righteousness only comes through calling on the name of the Lord. Amen. Let's read some more scriptures concerning righteousness. Because there are a lot of misconceptions About righteousness. I know your pastor just ministered on grace. And if he ministered it, uh, we recognize that there are many facets of grace. It is not just about the saving grace of God, but it is about the empowering grace of God. It is about His work in your life now as a believer. His grace was there on the day of salvation. He, You had favor with Him. Amen. But then He calls you into the kingdom of God. You receive that grace and now that grace is going to empower you every day of your life to be able to walk it out. So there's many facets of grace. Well, I would like to say, there's many facets of righteousness. There's many facets of righteousness. Now, uh, religion has said, you know, righteousness is about what you do. You know, uh, religion has made it about what you can do on the outside. We teach righteousness. The minute you get born again, you become right with the Lord. You're in a right Standing and a right position with Him, you have been given the righteousness of Christ the minute you get born again. But there is also a working of righteousness in your life. Amen. And so that's why He tells us over, y'all know this scripture, in Matthew six thirty three: Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things. Things will be added to you. What are the things? Those things that the Gentiles seek. What you're going to eat. What you're going to drink. What you're going to wear. All these things that the Lord knows we have need of. Amen. All these outside things that the world is seeking. But as believers, the number one thing that we should be seeking is the kingdom of God and being in righteousness, being in right standing with Him on an everyday basis because it's about what is within us. It's about what is within us. And so, look at this scripture here. Um, This word righteousness, when I read, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. This word righteousness, we know, is it's the faith thus exercised that brings the soul into vital union with God and in Christ. Inevitably, it will produce righteousness of your life. That is the conformity to the will of God. Amen. So, righteousness... Will continue, it will bring us into union with Christ, but then there's a uh, that is what I would like to call the state or the position that we've been put in, which is righteousness. But now there is an acting out of that righteousness. That is a, there is a conforming as we're being transformed or conformed to the Word of God and to His will. Now we are in another position of righteousness, which is walking that out in our everyday life. Amen. And so... Uh, We see this in Romans chapter 5 and verses 17 through 21. It says, For if by the transgression of one death reigned also the one much more those who received the abundance of grace and the gift, of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. So then, as through one transgression, there resulted condemnation to all men. Even so, through one act of righteousness, there resulted justification of life to all men. When we get born again, we are in a position of righteousness through the one man, Jesus Christ. Amen. So we have been made righteous. But I will submit to you that there is a working out uh, of that righteousness in our life. Not working it out under the law of do's and don'ts, but working it out of our heart. Amen. Working it out of our heart into our everyday lives. So, because I know there have been people that have called on the name of the Lord, made Jesus the Lord of their life, but that's it. And they they stop there and they no longer do anything for the Lord. Well, guess what? They're not working that out in their life with fear and trembling. Working out their salvation. Not in works of I have to do it, but works in the matter of the fact of my heart wants to do it. Because it wants to be pleasing to the Lord. Amen. So, I also will submit to you that when you're in a right position, when you're in the righteousness of God, you will be at peace. You will be at peace righteousness results in peace operating in your life. Because I know when I wasn't right with God and I got born again, man, I knew I was right. Do you know that don't stop? See, that's that whole grace message that you can just live any old way you want to because you're born again, you're good to go, you're dying and going to heaven and you can do whatever you want to do. No, there's something on the inside now letting you know, which is called the Holy Ghost and supposed to convict you now that you aren't doing something right according to the word of God before you didn't know. You were lost. You were dying. You were, uh, uh, you know, weren't a believer. You were a sinner. Sinner's sin. But when you get born again, you know now you're right with God, don't you? Has anybody experienced? Man, I know I got that thing right. I feel good. Man, a peace comes over your life like you've never experienced before. I remember it at eight years old. At eight years old, I had already felt filthy and had already felt guilty Already experienced things that a child at eight years old should not have experienced. But when I called on the name of the Lord and got born again, man, I knew I was right. I was clean. And there was a peace in me. Amen. Now I never was taken back to church after that, but that's another story. We don't have time to go into my testimony. Let me assure you. (laughs) <laughs> uh, but anyway, I knew I was right at eight years old, and that peace came in our lives. So uh, people, now, when you're born again, and you know you're not doing something right according to the Word of God, I mean, I know when I back my husband, I'm doing something wrong. Because the Holy Ghost tells me. <laughs> he don't tell me, the Holy Ghost tells me. I know I'm not right with God or with Him. So what happens, Man, there ain't no peace going to bed that night. Right? This is what we're talking about. Religion has made this difficult. And to make it some mystical thing of, you know, but righteousness is about just being right and doing right according to the word of God every day and knowing if you're wrong, you're not right. And if you're wrong, you need to get it right. And when you get it right, man, you just feel good about yourself, don't you? Amen. You feel good, man. I'm so glad I was obedient to the Holy Ghost. And now look, there's peace in my home again, right? right? See, it just makes everything right. Amen. And that's the way He wants us to live. He wants us to live being right with Him, being at peace with Him. Amen. So that we can have joy in the Holy Ghost. Because none of this stuff transpires without the Holy Ghost. That's why I said joy in the Holy Ghost. Because it's the Holy Ghost that comes and makes His abode on the inside of you when you get born again that puts you in that righteousness position. So if you don't have the Holy Ghost living on the inside of you, guess what? You ain't right. And then we know there's many workings of the Holy Spirit that we don't have time to get into. But it's the Holy Ghost. He comes and He makes His abode within you. The Holy Spirit. And then we know that we were made righteous because now he convicts us and lets us know things that aren't right with him. And we also know that we're not going to enjoy our life if we're not at peace. Come on, because we're not in righteousness. We're not going to have joy. Amen. We're not going to operate in those. So we know that this working of these three things in operation are also fruits of the Spirit. We can read that in Galatians chapter 5. I know that y'all know what the fruits of the Spirit are. Amen. But we know joy and peace are a working of the fruits of the Spirit in your life. And these are fruits that are supposed to be the characteristics of a believer's life. You shouldn't be somebody that is out of control. If the Holy Ghost lives on the inside of you, you should be a person that has self control. Amen. And so these fruits of the Spirit are going to be in operation in your life in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 26. Remember, now this is all going back to the characteristics and the distinctive thing that's going to make us separated from the, Lord, from the world is that people are going to see uh, righteousness, peace, and joy operating in your life because you are allowing this to work in your heart. Because the kingdom of God Is within. Amen. It's in your heart. Let's go to Philippians chapter 1 and verse 11. So the first thing we recognize is that we have to seek first the kingdom of God. We have to recognize the three distinctives of the kingdom of God operating, uh, what it looks like, its characteristics. Um, How people will recognize that you are of the kingdom is, is seeing this righteous life that you're living, seeing you have peace, seeing joy in the Holy Ghost. But in Philippians chapter 1 and verses 1 through 11, it says, being filled with the fruits of righteousness. Oh, you mean righteousness is also a fruit? Yes, there are fruits of your righteous living. There are fruits. There is something that he wants to see manifested from you living right before the Lord. I, I'm going to say that one of the fruits of my righteousness is my three children that are serving the Lord today. And doing the will of the Lord for their lives today. Fruits of righteousness. Uh, seeing uh, What the Lord has added to us with the body of Anchor Faith Church and here and around the world. These are are what we like to call fruits of our labor in the natural, but they're not fruits of our natural labor. They're fruits of our righteous living. These things should be manifesting in your life. You should see fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ unto the glory and praise of God. This being filled with the fruits of righteousness, one uh, translation said it this way. It says, By righteousness we may understand here the whole work of the Spirit of God in the soul of a believer. And by the fruits of righteousness... All holy tempers, holy words, and holy actions. And with these, they are to be filled. Filled up, filled full, the whole soul and the life occupied with them. Ever doing something by which the glory is brought to God or God uh, done to man. Amen? Amen. So this is according to His doctrine through the power of His grace and the agency of the Spirit. So we should be able to recognize uh, these fruits of righteousness coming out in your life because you're serving the Lord, you're doing everything according to the Word, to the best of your ability. Uh, you're asking the Lord, search my heart, show me if there's any unclean thing in me. That should be an everyday thing in our life. Every day, is there something in me, Lord, that's not pleasing to you? And if there is, show me and I'm going to clean it up. I'm going to do what I need to do to get it right. If he tells me you have aught with your brother, well, go to him in private and get it right. Amen. Those are the things we're talking about. If you're at your job and you're stealing off, uh, you know, the pens and the notebooks, it's not right. And if your employee sees it, what are they going to think about you? When the Bible clearly says one of the Ten Commandments is thou shalt not steal. Right? So these are things that are just not right. That To be sad, even basic principles like that are not even being taught to children today. You can't just walk up to somebody's thing and take it just because you see it and you want it. That's wrong. Amen. You have to teach your children. You don't take what don't belong to you. That's not yours. It's not right. It's not right. See, I look at righteousness of doing just simply right and wrong. What's right according to the word and what's wrong? And if it's not right, then guess what? It's getting me out of alignment of my position of righteousness because I'm not right. And I need to get it right. Get it together. Right? Amen. So, there's fruits of righteousness. All through the scriptures, and I'm not going to go through all of these, but I do want to highlight a few things. In talking about the fact that we've been made righteous, but there are still righteous works, righteous fruits that we are expected to do He tells us in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 11 that we are to pursue righteousness. See, religion has made it sound like, oh, you know, when you get born again, you're right with God. And and you can just do whatever you want to do. And, you know, if anybody tells you you shouldn't do something, then they're just trying to condemn you. Or they're just trying to be legalistic. Or they're just trying to put the law on you. No. That's not the case. He tells us, if it was the case, then he wouldn't tell us that there should be fruits of our labor of righteousness or that we should pursue it. Well, if I'm made righteous and God's done everything, then why is he telling us to pursue righteousness? Look at 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 11. He tells Timothy here, a young minister, flee from these things, you man of God, and pursue righteousness. Righteousness, godliness, faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. Amen. He expects us to be conforming to His Word. He expects us that whatever His Word says, and that's just how I've always lived my life, for 20 years serving the Lord faithfully, more than that, 23 years serving the Lord faithfully, When I got turned on to God, I took his word and I lived his word. I remember being a stay-at-home mom watching kids and not even my kids, other people's kids too, so that I could stay home with them. And, uh, I mean, I would sit. When they took their nap, I would sit. I would read my word. All I had was 30 minutes because you never know when those kids were going to pop up from their nap. But I would sit. I would read my word. I would pray. I would spend time. The The amount of time that I had was 30 minutes. And the God honored that. God honored that. And He grew me. And I remember there would be times, oh, I had it timed out, that Joyce Myers would be on. I mean, oh, thank God. She taught me how to deal with myself. And, you know... Joyce Myers and Gloria Copeland. I mean, I would sit there and I would feed on them all day long. I'd have it going. Why? I, being transformed. Being conformed to His Word. And anything His Word said that I needed to do that I wasn't doing, guess what? I was going to get it right. I was doing it. My heart, my desire was to just do what the Word said in every area of my life. Mother, wife, wife sister uh not a brother because I'm not a brother <laughs> you know every area of my life and every day growing in that conforming and pursuing righteousness so that I could be conformed to what it is the Lord wanted me to do with my life. Then we also see, he tells us in 1 John chapter 2 and verses 28 through 29. Oh, I love the book of John and I love 1 John as well. Some of my favorite uh, books in the Bible. But he tells here that we are to practice our righteousness. Well, if we've been made righteous, as people say, You mean we actually have to practice it? Absolutely. He tells us this now, little children, abide in him so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not shrink away from him in shame at his coming. There are going to be people. That's why there's a whole new generation now hoping that the rapture isn't true. Yeah, people are saying, oh, you know, I don't believe in the rapture anymore. It's not true. Why? Because they want to live any way they want to live. And guess what? They're shrinking away from the coming of the Lord. They're drawing back. Because why? They have not practiced righteousness. I'm going to tell you. We're going to see these things happen in the last day. It says, if you know that he is righteous, you may know that everyone also who practices righteousness is born of him. If you practice living right before God, then they know that you're born of Him. But somebody that don't want to live right for God, that wants to say, Oh yeah, I'm a Christian, but you know, I still want to have my hottie on the side of my wife. Well, I read that no adulterer would even inherit the kingdom of God, but we won't go there. Right? I mean, I, that stuff right there just scares me. I don't care, believer, non-believer, whatever. If you're not living according to His Word and you think that that's going to get into heaven, just because one day you called at eight years old on the name of the Lord, no, sorry, I don't believe it. I don't believe the Word backs it. He tells us that we should be perpetually seeking the kingdom. We, the, see, that word seek means continuance. Continue, continue, continue. This is our first priority of our life. We're not perfect. We're not saying people don't make mistakes. But I'm saying somebody who practices living right is the one that's going to get. Not because we also can see on the flip side where he talks about those who practice sin and lawlessness. I know a lot of believers that are practicing sin and lawlessness. That's just the truth. We've got to wake up to reality in the world that we live today. All right? Because I'm going to tell you, I do believe the Lord's quickly returning. All, if you don't see it through the signs of the time, you need to read your Bible from the beginning to the end. Prophetically, things are getting in alignment all over the world. And I don't want to be one that he catches not diligently seeking first. His kingdom. I did it before I ever had a microphone in my hand and I'm going to do it till the day He returns. As nobody knew me sitting in the house with babysitting kids. I, I didn't have a platform to minister those times that I was being conformed and being trained and, and growing in the things of God. just I just loved the Lord and I just went to church and I just scrubbed the toilets and I did whatever He wanted me to do. So, I did it then and I would surely do it now. That's why I say this is an honor to have this microphone in my hand. And I don't take it lightly. Everything I say, I live. I live. It's just who I am. Amen? So he also tells us that we are to present ourselves as righteous. This is a good one. I love the book of Romans, too. Well, I guess I just love the whole word. Amen? But the book of Romans is awesome. Uh, in uh, Romans chapter 6, I'm going to read this 12 through 23, and we're going to see how much more time I have. Oh, we're not doing bad. I mean, we don't get out till 1230, so all right. Uh, Romans chapter 6 and verses 12 through 23. It says this Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its lust, and do not go on presenting the members of your body to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those. Alive from the dead and your members. This is talking about your body. Remember, we He wants us to be complete. Spirit, soul, and body. All three of our parts of our being should be in alignment with His Word. Should be in alignment with His Word. Our spirit, our soul, which is our mind, our will, our emotions... And our body. We should be putting our body in subjection. With anything, you know. If you've got a problem with the lust of the flesh, put your body in subjection. If things control your body, put it in That's why he tells us, I'm teaching on prayer at Kingdom Institute. He tells us, when you pray... Pray this way. You know, you know the Lord's Prayer. But then he goes on into saying, and when you fast, the reason why we fast and it should be a continual life of living fasting is because what is that doing? It's telling your body, you don't own me. I'm not submitted to these desires. I'm not submitted to this and the way it feels and what it wants. I'm submitted to to the Lord Jesus Christ. And he didn't give us an option to fast. Fasting should be on a regular basis our daily. Life. We should live a life of fasting. He didn't say, he didn't say, "Now if you want to fast or, you know, if you think about fasting." He said, "No, I'm going to teach you how to pray, but then I'm also going to say, now when you fast, when you fast." Amen. So it should be a regular and I believe that's why a lot of Christians Today, their flesh is out of control because they're not making it submit. We should just do it, just to do it, just to be fun, just to say, No, you don't own me. You submit to me. Amen. Amen. No, you're going to submit to me and to what I tell you to do. Amen. I like that. <laughs> I have to tell myself, no, you're going to go walk. You're going to go exercise. You're going to go. You're not going to eat that double chocolate cake. Right? So, (laughs) he says, what then shall we say? Sin because we are not under law but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we're not under the law but under grace? May it never be. Do you not know that when you present yourselves to someone as a slave for obedience you are slaves to the one of whom you obey anything that has dominion over your flesh you're a slave to I'm not a slave to anyone but the Lord Jesus Christ because he tells us that we are his bond servant which is a type of we are his slave Nobody likes that terminology, but it does say it in the Word of God. Amen. So, he tells us that. Uh, it says, do, not, do you not know that when you present yourself to someone as slaves for obedience, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either uh, of in resulting in death or of obedience, resulting in righteousness. So we can present our body, even though we're born again, and even though we've been made righteous, we can present our body as an instrument for sin and unrighteousness. But he tells us here that we are to present it and to uh, be a slave to righteousness because of our obedience. So anytime I line myself up to the Word of God, I remind the Lord, Now, Lord, I obeyed you there. I obeyed you there. And, you know, so these things, I'm in obedience to your word. I'm living your word. I remind him of these things. These things cannot happen. This has to change. You know, he tells us, remind me of my word. I'm reminding you that I'm submitted to your word. And I'm living your word. And I'm doing everything in my heart that you've shown me to do to make it right. My heart is right before you. So I expect these things to line up and for these things to change. Because I'm living as a living sacrifice to you. Amen. And I'm in obedience. And I'm living righteous. Amen. So he tells us here, I'm not going to continue on. We're going to move on. Also, we can see, and I don't really want to get into this, but I'm just going to give you this scripture. He tells us that Ephesians chapter 4, 23 through 24, also that we are to put on righteousness. If we've been made righteous, why do we have to put it on? We have to put it on because He wants us to have fruits of righteousness. He wants us to walk those things out in our everyday life. And when people see us, they're going to see this person lives right. This person lives right. Look at them. Man, they do this right. They do that right. They don't... You Look how they treat their husband. Look how they treat this their employee, they don't ever gossip behind their back. They don't ever wait for them to leave the room and then talk about how, if I was the manager, I would put them in. See? They say, man, this person lives right. This person does right. You know, this person would never do you... What does that mean? This person will do right. They'll never do you wrong. Because they have a consistent... Pattern and a lifestyle of doing what is right. Being in a right position with His Word. With their life, amen. So he tells us that we also are to put on this righteousness. We are to live it out. Now, the effect of us putting on righteousness, presenting righteous, being uh, present ourselves as righteous, us pursuing righteousness, us seeking righteousness, a result of that. The result of that we already read in Philippians one is peace because when you're not right you know something on the inside just you you're not you're just not right you're frustrated you're not at peace but the word peace let's read what this word peace means it means quietness and at rest that's why people stay busy People that don't have peace in their life, they don't have the love of Christ, they stay busy. Why? They always want to keep themselves entertained. They always want to be going. They always want to be doing something. They always want to be busy because they don't want to have to deal with that unrest in themselves. But the peace of God, He tells us, is a characteristic of His kingdom. He actually said in Isaiah, I know that y'all know this scripture, Isaiah chapter 9 and verses 6 through 7. One of the things that he was bringing uh, that was going to be a part of his government was peace. And that his kingdom would have no end. But let's read that real quick. In Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6 through 7, it says, A child will be born to us, a son will be given, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. There will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace on the throne of David, and over his kingdom. Amen. So one of the things that Jesus brought, and that we know all the Miss Americas across the world say, we want what? World peace. We just want peace. There was a big, uh, you know, what was it? The war where that back in the 70s. It was all about peace and love and no war. Why? People want peace. And Jesus said, my kingdom, one of the characteristics of my kingdom is going, a distinctive will be that you'll see people operating in peace. They'll have rest. When you go into the doctor's office and he tells you you don't have but three months to live and you have cancer eating your body, you better know your God. And when you do know him, you can have peace on the inside. Peace. I'm not talking about peace that comes when you go to the day spa. That tranquility, the tranquil music that's playing when you get a massage. I'm not talking about that peace. I'm talking about peace on the inside that you are Oh, you're right with God and you're at rest trusting in Him, knowing Him, because you have been putting yourself in a position of living right before Him. You can have peace, man, when anything comes against you, man. We can just have peace. The world has troubles. The world has tribulations, but we should be of good cheer. Because we know we and He has overcome the world. And so we don't have to get anxious about gas prices. We don't have to get stressed out when the economy crashes. No, we need to get into the throne of God and find out what the Lord is saying about the matter and have that peace. Whatever we have to face about whatever situation. You know what? It doesn't matter what's happening. God's going to turn this around on my behalf. Because I love Him. I'm called according to His purpose. I'm living a right life before Him. I'm doing what He's asked me to do. So it doesn't matter if they're saying, uh, you know, all these businesses are going to crash. I have peace on the inside. Because I know Him. Because He brought His peace. Through His kingdom. And His kingdom is living on the inside of me. Amen. So we should not fret like the world. And we should not get worried like the world. My very first message that I ever ministered, I had to minister uh, before Rhema and all the students in our class. And I'll never forget this message because uh, God transformed my life. Uh, as a stay-at-home mom and not having much and raising three kids. So the very first mer- message that I ministered was called worry wart. Don't be a worry wart. Why? And I used Matthew six thirty-three, thirty-six, 36, you know, and all that. Don't worry about tomorrow. But I remember... Him letting me know, listen, you don't have to worry like the world worries. I want to bring peace to your life. You don't have to be anxious about these things. You don't have to be stressing out about all this stuff, Uh, you know. And and letting God show me that I can have peace in the middle of the storm, just like He spoke. But not only that I could have peace on the inside, I could speak peace all around me. No, I'm not going to have this strife and division. I say, peace, be still. We're going to have peace in this house. I don't get around drama. We're not going to have drama in this house. We're not going to have chaos in my home. My house is a house of peace. My house is a house of rest for me. It's my sanctuary. And there's not stress in my sanctuary. Right? Right? See what? Because I had to learn how to speak it. I had to learn that I had it within me and that nothing has to move me. In the middle of your world seeming to fall apart, you can have peace on the inside. And believe me, it seems as if my world has fallen apart a few times. But guess what? God just seems to always put it back together. So it don't matter. I've seen him put it back together too many times, you know, so we can uh, rest in that peace that he only brings. Isaiah 32:17 says this, and then I want to move on over into the righteous or to joy, and then we'll close. Uh, Isaiah 32:17 says, "The effect of righteousness will be peace, internal. And external. I'm reading out of the Amplified. And the result of righteousness will be quietness and confident trust forever. That's why there's times that people aren't confident to come before the throne of grace. Because on the inside they know they're not right. Something's not right with them. They may have a weight. They may have a sin. They may have something in their heart that they've never dealt with. They have a bitter root. They have something going on. And so therefore, I know a lot of believers that that don't have peace operating in their everyday life. And it's a result of something's not right in their life. Because if they had things together and right with the Lord, they would be operating in the peace of God. And they would be able to be confident and come boldly before the throne of grace because they're right with Him. They're right with Him. You know, they're in the position of righteousness because of Jesus Christ, but they have got something that's not right because they haven't presented. They haven't uh, pursued. They haven't done what was right when He says, I want you to go here And I want you to do this with your money. I want you to uh, sow $10,000 to this orphanage over in China. Whatever it may be. Guess what? If you don't do that and you know you heard the Lord do it, you're not right. That was disobedience, which gets you out of alignment with the king. With what He has spoken to your heart to do. That's why He says, search me, O Lord. See if there's anything in my heart. If that's not right, I'm going to go get it right. I'm going to make it right. I'm going to repent. It may be too late for you to sow that $10,000. Somebody else did it for you because he found somebody that would obey. Whatever. But... The way you get it right was, you know what, Lord, I missed you there. I asked you to forgive me. And any other time that you want to speak to me, uh, you want to test me again, you go right ahead because I'm going to be obedient. I've missed it many times. And I have to repent and say, Lord, I know I heard you. I know I didn't do that. I should have done that. Forgive me and give me another opportunity. Because if you do, I'm going to do it. I'm going to obey. I'm going to step out and I'm going to do it. See, that's being that person that's getting their heart right in alignment with him like that heart of David. He, had, he was a man after God's own heart. Why? Because he wanted to be right with God. He wanted to do whatever he told him to do to make it right. Amen. There's many scriptures on peace. If y'all want the rest of my notes, I'm sure Pastor Mark would be able to uh, get those to you. The last scripture I want to read, because we're talking about being a light into our world and the three distinctives that people are going to see in our life operating uh, through the kingdom of God being in operation and demonstrating in our life is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. In James chapter 1 and verses 2 through 4, it says this, Consider it holy, joyful, my brethren. Whenever you are enveloped in or encounter trials of any sort or fall into various temptations, be assured and understand that the trial and the proving of your faith bring out endurance and steadfastness and patience. But let endurance and steadfastness and patience have full play and do a thorough work so that you may be people perfectly and fully developed with no defects, lacking nothing. Amen? He tells us here, listen, consider it joy. How can you consider it joy when you're entering into various types of trials and tribulations? He tells you, uh, that word consider means this. Let joy rule. Let it have its rule. Let it be the governing factor over this trial or over this situation or over this circumstance. You let joy rule over it. In the midst of it, you can have joy Hallelujah, because joy is a characteristic of the kingdom of God. And I'm going to tell you, when I first started serving the Lord and getting serious about the Lord, and I would go to churches and I would see all these Christians with frowns on their face, and they looked like sour pusses. I'm telling you what, I I thought, well, Lord, I'm not seeing the kingdom here, you know, because uh, I thought part of the characteristics of your kingdom was Joy. That people should be uh, full of joy, overflowing, bubbling with joy. They should be the most fun people to be around. They should be excited about life. They shouldn't be dreading every day getting up and having to go to work and being all, you know. Joy is a characteristic. When you see people uh, in your workplace, they should see you being full of joy. That when you get the pink slip, you ought to be jumping up and down. Saying, glory to God, I'm being transferred. Come on, I'm being doing something. God's getting ready to put me somewhere else. He's getting ready to uh, have me influence somebody else. Because I know if a man don't work, a man don't eat. And the Lord knows I'm working, so He's going to have to find me another job. Amen. And be joyful about it. Shout about it. Sing about it. I mean, you know. Now listen, this joy in the midst of our hearts is not what we think of happiness. This is not about happiness, because happiness can come and go. Things can make you happy, things can make you sad. Uh, This is not talking about happiness. This is talking about a joy that the world didn't give you and the world can't take it away. This is that joy. This is that joy that's down on the inside of your belly. Those rivers of living water. Those things uh, that I'm going to tell you, I never understood how, you know, we, uh, followed, we went to Ramah and Brother Hagen was still alive. The prophet, Brother Hagen Kenneth E. Hagen. he was still alive when we went to Ramah. And we had, praise God, we had him for our classes and then he died, you know, three years later. But... Uh, I I remember the first time I had ever experienced, you know, a church, um, you know, full of joy, just exuberant, you know. And it wasn't anything that it was, it wasn't fake and it wasn't, you know, whatever. They weren't putting on anything. But I remember there would be times in prayer, Brother Hagin would just have this belly laugh. And then there would be times he'd say, just laugh at yourself You know, sometimes you just have to laugh at yourself. And he'd have this belly laugh, you know, and he would just say, ha, 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 you know, and all this stuff. And then I realized that there would be times that I was going through some hard stuff. Trials. Tribulations. Because I would say, Lord, I ain't never had to laugh like that, you know. But then I got the chance and the opportunity and I knew... That this was a different joy. That this was a... I, I would get... We would be... You know, we went through some trials and stuff with church and, and everything. And I mean, I remember there'd be times in worship. We'd get up there and we'd have worship and we'd be rejoicing. But then there'd be times this belly laugh would come. And I would just... Ha, 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 you know, ha. And it was a time, I'm telling you, that it was supernatural joy. That you're laughing from the inside because God sits in the heavens and laughs. The Bible says. Consider it joy. Let it rule. Let that laughter rule you. You let that come up out of your belly. You let that joy come up because it's that joy... In the Holy Ghost. See, this was a laugh in the Holy Ghost that was happening. Uh, this is something that we had never, I had never experienced before. And most of the time, this joy in the Holy Ghost came when I was going through major trials, major things going on in my life and ministry and different things, like personal attacks, you know. And this joy would just come up from the inside and begin to laugh. And I'm going to tell you, it's the very thing that released the supernatural in our life. I know it without a shadow of a doubt. I would tell the Lord, Lord, I ain't never experienced that type of life where your belly's hurting. You know what I mean? I mean, it's coming up from the innermost part of your being. That's a joy that the world didn't give you and the world can't take you away. That when you're going through trials and tribulations like everybody else in this world, you, you tap into that joy in the Holy Ghost. Amen. And you let it be released in your life so that things can be released. So that that trial can stop. So that those, what does it do? It just puts you in that proper position. It puts you in that position of, that's all right. My God's got it. He's got my back. It doesn't matter if, you know, everybody else is trying to kill me, destroy me. He's got me. And I can laugh. I can let that joy rule over everything that's going on. And these are the three distinctive characteristics of the kingdom of God in operation in your life that the world is longing for to have. If they can see you laugh in the midst of a job loss, if they can see you have peace in the midst of your kids being rebellious, Come on, all of them are seeing you respond some way. And how we respond will determine if the kingdom of God is truly in operation in our life. And when they see, man, this person, man, I mean, it just seems like, you know, they go through the same... Because the Bible tells us we're going to go through the same things as everybody else in this world, but we are to be of good cheer. Because we've overcome this world. See, they haven't overcome it. This world still dictates to them. They're still slaves to the world. They're still slaves to their emotions of whether they can be happy or not when you're fired. They're still slaves to their, uh, you know, whatever their, their financial situation is. Can you find peace in the middle of having $2 in your account? Come on. Been there. Done that. Right? And still love the Lord and still believe the Lord that, you know, He is my supply. I live by faith. I don't live by sight. And I, and I don't let $2 determine if I'm happy or not. Man, come on. What He's done on the inside is way more important than $2 in the bank account. Knowing that my children are healthy. Knowing that they're whole. Knowing that they're living right before the Lord and they're not strung out on meth. And, and, and like every other person uh, that's 20 years old popping, um, what are those things called? Uh, prescription drugs. There was a name I was looking for. Yeah. All these drugs that 20-year-olds are on killing themselves with today. Why? Because they don't have joy. But if you walk in with the kingdom of God To your job. I'm going to tell you. That's what they're looking for. They're looking for that peace. They're looking to be right. Because they know they're wrong. And everything they do is wrong. And everything they do. Is a result of death. Because sin only pays out in one way. is death. So everything around them is dying. Everything around them is death. And yet. It seems like you just have a good life. That's right. I have a kingdom life. Yeah. And in this life, I don't stress like the world. And in this life, I don't, I don't have to worry about whether this boyfriend or not is going to like me tomorrow. And if I need to get my boobs done. And if I, you see what I'm saying? I mean, this is reality, people. This is where people are at. This is what the world is doing Today. Doing all these external things to fill that void on the inside. And nothing can fill it except for the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. And when He fills it, He's going to fill it with righteousness. He's going to fill it with peace. He's going to fill it with joy like you've never experienced before. And the world needs to see believers living right, operating in peace and having joy among their lives amen in their families hallelujah let's pray father we thank you so much for your word we thank you father god that you wanted to just challenge us and show us that we we have to pursue this thing this life of Christ is not about a one time experience but this life of Christ is about us seeking after his kingdom seeking after being right with God and as a result of that we should be operating in peace and joy and living a life that is right before you in every way as you show us as you search our hearts Father if there is anything unclean among us there's anything not right, if we're out of alignment in any way with our spouse, with our employer, uh, with our friend, if we know we did something wrong to our friend, Lord, that you would show us, if we didn't obey when you told us to give, or we didn't, you know, go and serve when you told us to serve, I thank you that you're gracious to forgive us, but you want us to do right, you're pleased when we do right. So we thank you, Father, that you give us another opportunity. You give us another opportunity to set ourselves in a position to want to be right in whatever you tell us to do. Through your word, through the Logos written word, and through the Rhema word, the spoken word of God, that we're just doing what you tell us to do in our everyday life, living following after you, pursuing you, that we would have the peace of God on the inside. We would be at rest knowing that we're right with you and that we would have joy in the Holy Ghost through any trial that we go through so that we can represent the kingdom of God in operation. We give you glory and honor for that.